The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, doomsayers and naysayers and everything and everyone. And uh, why? Why does it even matter anymore? It doesn't matter. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POT cast, where things still do matter. Pride of Detroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. You're home for the Detroit Lions, who are now one and three. And I'm going to throw this can away here. It didn't make a sound because it hit my chair. So you don't get any clattering in the background. We're trying to be a professional podcast, not make background sounds. We will fail. Someone will jingle their keys. Maybe it'll be Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, who always seems to make background sounds because he gets utterly disgusted with us sometimes. Sometimes it's putting it lightly, Chris. Sometimes it's putting it lightly. All right. And back at it again, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Big things are happening in the Pride of Detroit P-O-D cast. We're uh, working through some contract stuff, and we'll let you know what's going on soon enough. But just know that... um, Ryan's name was misspelled, and he's not happy. I, I'm sorry I'm a disappointment to Jeremy, first and foremost, apparently. And then also, like, I, I just wish I spell my name right for once on a contract. I have to bleep that out. I have to bleep that out. We haven't signed this stuff yet. I don't care. Whatever. Bleep all you want. You're going to lose this for deal me. for us, Matthews. One <laughs> good. Team. Probably be a good thing. All we do is lose. All no matter what. <laughs> Conspiracies abound on why we lose as we put our sights on Detroit Lions 24, Dallas Cowboys, America's team, Jerry Jones's team, Jerry Jones's American team, 26. In a game that was back to form, I, I just want to I just want to clarify by this, and I'm not trying to toot my horn here, or I'm not trying to ride roughshod on y'all, but Last week, and Jeremy remembers this very clearly, we were saying, don't get all excited about this Lions team because we were, I mean, we didn't even say that. We just said 60-40. 60-40, Patriots bad, 40% Lions good. Even that was like really generous towards the Lions. And we had everyone raising holy hell on us. Everyone was saying that we can't, like, there were a lot of people just coming in at us and saying, you know, you guys can't appreciate 
a good Lions team when you're looking at it. I just want to ask those people, hey, what do you think about Sunday? Huh? 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 What do you think? Come on, let me get your attention right here, right here. What'd you think? Was that team what you saw in Sunday Night Football? Same team out there? Was it? Was it? We were right, weren't we? Yeah, we were, assholes. <laughs> like, okay, Lions were in a position to win this one. And they should have been in a position to win this one. But the the weaknesses of this team were very apparent, and the reasons why they lost were very apparent. Uh, who wants to say what that reason was? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Uh, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, he certainly didn't help. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all saw this coming into this matchup. This was the one thing that the Lions had to do, stop Ezekiel Elliott, because we saw how awful the Lions' run defense has been through three weeks. It wasn't horrible against the Patriots, but the Patriots barely run the ball. So I, I, I don't know how anyone came into this game thinking this wasn't a very strong possibility of happening. I certainly did, and I picked the Cowboys to win by three in this game. They won by two. Uh, if, if Since apparently we're in tooting our own horn zone right now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think this tarnishes the win last week. Honestly, I don't. I don't think it I don't think this tips the scales now is like, oh, must be 80-20 then last week because the Patriots came out and blew the Dolphins out of the water this week too. Each week is different. The Lions' performance this week was not great. It wasn't horrible. They were in the game. If you go by yards per play status, they actually outgained the Cowboys on an average per play basis. I thought it was an okay Game for the, I mean, this is this is what's happening this early in the season at all times. They, they people overreact when they win, people overreact when they lose. Truth is somewhere in the middle. This team is still very average, maybe a little bit below average right now. And you know, you just gotta ride with what happens every week. Yep. They're, they're one yep. and three. Doesn't mean that the season's over. Doesn't mean that you know the lines are going to bounce back and suddenly rattle off twelve wins either. But we can run the table. You can run the table. It's just there for the taking, Jeremy. <laughs> I can't, I can't see any reason why the Lions cannot run the table on the remainder of this schedule. Ryan, Ezekiel Elliott was not only the rushing leader for Dallas against the Detroit Lions with 152 yards, he was also the receiving leader for 88 yards. Dak Prescott, who, let's reiterate, has been no good at all through the start of this season, threw up 255 yards, averaging almost 10 yards and throwing for two touchdowns. And I don't know what you want to say about this backfield. I know we have Darius Slay and everything else, but I did not think the backfield had a good day out there. Definitely could have had a better day than they had. Like you said, Chris, I mean, when when Ezekiel Elliott, and and to piggyback off what Jeremy was saying, there was one person that the Lions really need to key in on and, and, and stop in this game, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. However, they didn't at all, by any measure. Like he accumulated so many yards from scrimmage. I mean, he had 88, I mean, he had 88 receiving yards um, as a runner. I think he had like 152 yards. So, I mean, close, close, I mean, he was the entire offense pretty much like Cole Beasley had some amazing catches that where he was just, he was just obliterating Agnew. Like Agnew couldn't get on the, couldn't keep up with Cole Beasley at all. More like cold beastly. I don't know, but (laughs) But yeah, no, yeah. Elliot was a problem, and it was Elliot who sealed the game. You know, right over the heads of the defensive backs, Elliot catches that t- catches that deep pass 
to to set up for the the last second field goal. Yeah, and it, it it wasn't something like it wasn't something like 152 rushing yards on you know one big run. You know, Elliot had a he had a long of 41, but I mean he had he had three rushes that were for 10 plus yards. Um, he had seven first downs in the game. He ran for 6.1 yards per carry. I mean, this was something where the Lions, you know, they they really tried to beef up up front their defensive line. I mean, Ashawn Robinson, you know, uh, they they brought Lee off the practice squad. Um, I mean, they they did what they could to try to to you know get some anchors in the middle of their defense, and it's so clear that they're lacking like at least like at least one or two guys. Um, they they, I mean, the defensive line. Who knows how much it has to do with Ansa being out? I, I don't think that Ansa really has a huge difference in this game. Not a big enough difference to really change the outcome. I think of this game, um, just because I think you know Zeke and, and and the Cowboys' offense was was that good. So it's uh, it, yeah. I mean, they 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 failed. In, yeah. in the one thing they needed to do, and that was stop Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. And and it's interesting. I it's hard for me to to find exactly where things went wrong. I mean, the first instinct is to always blame coaching. Like, if you have one guy to stop, just stop him. Like, it's obviously a lot tougher than that, though. And and you you mentioned a good point that the Lions beefed up in this game. They they clearly changed their personnel. They went three linebacker a lot. Christian Jones played a lot in this game. Ashawn Robinson played a lot more. Basically, everyone on the defensive line played more outside of Aquara, and he went from like 83 snaps to 81. So uh, 83%, I should say, not 83 total snaps. But anyways, uh, I, I think to me, this just comes down to personnel. The, the lines just don't have a good enough front seven to deal with a physical team like the Cowboys, and it was a huge mismatch. And Ashawn Robinson, I thought, actually played pretty well in this game, but just about everyone else on that offense, on that defensive line, did. Um, Sylvester Williams, not so good. Uh, I mean, that was a good matchup for Ashawn. Like we've been talking about, you know, how to use Ashawn in this new style, but like, right. what's Ashawn's strength? This is a run stuffer. It's what he does. Like, yeah. it's just that the, he's the only one, really. <laughs> yeah, they they need another one because as good as Ricky Jean Francois was in training camp in the preseason, he's been invisible in, in the regular season. And I did a little breakdown about how bad the lines run off run defense was back in week two. And he was one of the main culprits as someone who wasn't two gapping. Correct. He was over committing to one or couldn't shed a block. And then we all know the problems with the second level, the linebackers, their run defense has been awful. And so I think it's a personnel issue, which obviously goes back to management. It obviously goes back to Bob Quinn. I think we complimented Bob Quinn a little bit last week. Um, this, we all knew that the front seven was going through some issues, and it continually is going through some issues. And they didn't do enough in the offseason to to overcorrect it. And you know the the whatever coming home to roost, whatever that I'm not southern enough to to know what that idiom is, but the the hens. Or coming home Chickens to roost. coming home to roost. Chicken Chickens. Can... Yep, there we go. Chickens coming home to roost. Yep, uh, Carolina boys got to step in here. Thank you. So we spent a lot of time talking about the defense, though. I mean, because that's definitely where we let it down. So, like, we should give some time to the offense. And I think next segment, we're going to talk some positives. And I've got one man's name circled for positives. But, like, I mean, before we get into that, though, like, I mean, it just, it just feels like this game, though, is kind of going back to what we saw the little through the four games, the closest we've seen to the Lions like consistently is what we see out of game two against the 49ers and what we've seen out of the Cowboys. It just feels like like the Jets game and the Patriots games are both 
crazy aberrations right now. Yeah, I, and those two games that you mentioned, the Niners and, and this one against the Cowboys, they're very, they very much resembled games from last year, right? Where the yeah, Lions no, got absolutely. off to a slow start. The, the offense probably should have put, put up more points early than they did. They fall behind because the defense isn't very good. And then the offense has this big rallying cry at the end. And, and it's a coin flip short. from there. It's a coin yep. flip from there. They either win or they don't. And the Lions are 0 for 2 in those games so far now. But they'll probably win a couple like that this year too. So what what what's what's the faults you can find in the offense from this game though? Like we all know about the the, the slow starts. Like once again, Bob um, Jim Bob Cooter's name is back out there for people calling for the head. So, but like what are the what were the structural problems you saw today? Definitely the run was not as well established. Once again, the team rushed for under 100 yards. Carryon Johnson only had 55. And a lot of that came from a 32-yard run he had. Not a lot of production from everyone else. So what did, what did you see out there? I, I think it may have been a little bit of a product of, of just the direction that the game took. So, I mean, the Lions, they didn't have the they didn't, they didn't have a great opportunity to necessarily run the ball as much as, you know, it, it was clearly part of a game plan, you know, in week three against the Patriots. Um, but I mean, only 20 rushing attempts and only getting the ball to carry on Johnson, you know, nine times, uh, as a rusher. And then, and then once as a receiver, like getting him 10 touches is, is not enough for this offense. I I think if if this offense is operating at its peak, I think we talked about it last week, but this is a guy that should be getting at least like anywhere from like 15 to 20 touches, whether it's through the air or on the ground, like per week. And I know that. I don't think that that's wild to say, even though you have guys like Tate and Galladay and Jones Jr. like on the field, you just have to consider that the lines, they they don't have anything at tight end. So, I mean, I I think that the the ball distribution in terms of the guys that they're getting the ball to on offense, it just needs to, it it needs to be clearly more focused on a guy who is clearly one of the, the, the better players on the offense. And that's carry on Johnson. So is I, it, I think, I think that pro- was a shortcoming. Is it a scheme problem? Is it, is it a scheme problem in that like they want to run the ball, but they seem to panic when they get down and then they just start throwing a lot more. They don't trust their run game to really get them back in the game. J- Jeremy, I want you to get into it, but I, I, I think the short answer is, is no, because Jim Bob Cooter, he, he oftentimes will take Theo Riddick and, and make a, you know, a, a square peg fit a round hole and he'll, he'll force feed Theo Riddick pass plays and, and things like that. So I don't know why that can't be done with carry on Johnson instead. Yeah. I, I have a lot of takes here and I, I threw some of them on the site today on Monday about the whole carry on Johnson, isn't getting enough touches things and like Eric Blunt's getting too much and all that sort of stuff. I want to be very clear here. The Lions run game was not successful when they tried it in this game. And I know everyone's going to point to carry on Johnson at 6.1 yards per carry. And the team was a total had 4.8 yards per carry, 96 yards, which isn't a bad day statistically. But we want to talk. I, I put out a nice article about the Lions performance against the Patriots and, and specifically carry on Johnson's performance. He, one of the best things about that performance was that he didn't have a lot of negative plays. I believe he only had one play that was stopped for one yard or short, shorter out of 16 carries in this game he was held that he was held to one yard or fewer I believe in four out of his nine carries so that's putting the lines behind on the down and distance very early and forcing them to throw the ball and so 
when the Lions went away from Carryon Johnson, it was out of necessity. And part of that necessity was TJ Lane getting injured in the first quarter, which is something I think we, we definitely need to address here because Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. And there's one other article from this game we haven't talked about, so go on. But I mean, that changes the entire dynamic of the game. The Lions basically weren't successful on the ground the rest of the way. Carrion Johnson had his touchdown run, which was admittedly very good. Um, but outside of that, I think his longest run was five yards. He was just not running the ball well. And I'm not sure where these touches are coming from because when they were passing the ball, they were doing they were very efficient. Stafford threw six incompletions all day, 80% completion percentage, 10.2 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Matthew Stafford had a top five game in his career. So do you want to take Whoa, those? Really? Yeah. In terms of yards per attempt, in terms of passer rating, in terms of completion percentage, all those were in the top five in his career. Yeah, don't you still feel like he left meat on the bone in this Absolutely. game? Absolutely. Early in the game, I thought like, he was inaccurate. Yeah, and yeah, let's talk about in my ranking. But let me just get to my overall point is, is that I'm not sure where these touches are coming from. Do you want him to take him from LeGarrette Blunt? Okay, maybe, but what, take four out of his carries? So now Carrion has 13 carries and LeGarrette Blunt has three. Is that going to change the game much? I don't think so. And 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 when Carrion Johnson or when Legarrette Blunt was taking those runs, that's when Carrion Johnson was struggling the most. And I'm not here going to tell you that Carrion Johnson would have gotten fewer yards than Legarrette Blunt in those carries. But I'm I'm talk we're talking about four maybe five touches more if he takes all Legarrette Blunt's carries. We need and I don't think that's enough to change the game because Dallas was shutting down the run. Dallas has a good defensive front. Lines running game wasn't working, so I'm I'm not that concerned. Super about need to move on from this. Super need. We'll leave it there at that. Just the last note you mentioned, like the the weirdness of Stafford having that game. The NFL, the ESPN put out the stat like Lions worst red zone offense right now, thirty three percent touchdown chance when they enter the red zone. Okay, real quick, real quick. T.J. Lang concussed brain injury as uh, as. Our friend Dave Burkett likes to say. Was it Dave Burkett? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's what it is. Uh, that hurts the line. Absolutely. Any words on that? I mean, the offensive line probably had their worst game of the season in this game. It, it, it wasn't horrible, but Stafford sacked three times. He'd only been sacked three times in the prior three games combined. Um, still played a hell of a game. Um, but yeah, it, it changed it changed the 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 rest of the game because Kenny Wiggins isn't good. And the last point we have to make, and we have to talk about it, Jeremy, because people would yell at us if we don't. The referees, nothing happened. Bad calls happened. The end. Pretty much. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. You want us to talk about how the 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 referees' ba is in there for the for like I don't know. Jerry Jones, that old codger. I don't know. No, I'm not not buying on this one. I'll buy it during that playoff game. Not on like because those calls have been happening all around the league right now. Those like ticky tack weird late hit calls that are not really late hits. And apparently people don't understand how momentum works. I don't know. Ryan, what what did you think? You you you've got you've got people in your family who are conspiracy minded on this. <laughs> Including myself, but not on this. Not at all. I mean I it, we, we we talk about it ad nauseum on the podcast and in the Slack and everything and um it it's just it's not it's it's not it's a it's it's a really it's just a bias thing that's inherent infuri- in being a sports fan. It's just infuriating though because it's just cheerled by so many people. There is a long history though of like 
calls that go against the Lions. It happens because it happens in, in all NFL teams. And yet there are some vicious cheerleaders on Twitter and on social media who are just looking for any chance, any chance to say this is a conspiracy against the NFL because they just can't just can't take the idea that this is just a bad team. And it's going to remain a bad team for a while. Don't just don't be screenshot holding call guy. Oh, this isn't holding at Dean Blandino. Don't be that guy. Yeah, I mean you can. It's free country. Sure, but just you can be the biggest asshole in the world. Well, it's like those people are always those people are also always counting the holes. Like, look, you've only called holding once against the the Dallas Cowboys. Well, maybe they're just more disciplined guys. Dude, it's not even like a sports thing, though. When I think about it even more so, it's just like a life skills problem that people have. Like, people are so myopic and so short-sighted and can't see past the end of their own nose and lack such self-awareness and understanding how things work in the grand scheme of things that people think everything bad is just happening to themselves. Like, are you 14? Like, I, I mean, it's, like... It's a trope now. That's the problem. It's a trope now, and everyone can go back and talk about the long history, and it just adds on to the list. I mean, there's so many other teams that could claim bias. I mean, just in this week alone, too, Cleveland just lost a game because someone reviewed a, and moved a the ball. Spot, yeah. A spot <laughs> ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, okay. What do you want? Guess what? Dallas isn't Dallas isn't immune from this stuff too. Talk about Des Bryant and catching things kind of like we do Calvin Johnson. But you guys didn't want to give any sympathy to that because you were so mad with your own, you know, hatreds or whatever. I don't know. This turned into a mini rage corner. I kind of like it. I should have played the music. I should have. We have nothing for we we were really running low on stuff for segment 3. We're going to kind of take another look around another wacky week in the NFL. But first, when we come back, I think we should turn to some of the positives in here, including the name of one man who needs to be paid. Pay that man his money. Pride of Detroit, POD cast. POD stands for Pride of Detroit. It's the first three letters of podcast. That's why we call it that. I, re- I distinctly remember a POD cast we did before the year talking about Golden Tate's contract. And I know people are going to want to try to be rational about it or try to micromanage it or try to talk about, you know, age is the ultimate victor or anything like that. Or, you know, talk about these ethereal ideas of getting younger or finding that unknown quantity just waiting in the sky somewhere. Golden Tate showed you why he's still probably like upper echelon wide out receiver in the National Football League. He, to me, is like the biggest bright spot in the Cowboys game. No question. No question at all. And he had me rethinking my wide receiver list from our list cast back for not having him on there. Ryan, you, did you have him on there? Someone had him, didn't he? Uh, no. No, I don't think I put gold. No, I didn't have him. I don't think I had him on mine. Oh, I, thought, I thought someone may have had him, but maybe not. But either way, uh, yeah, he was huge in this game. He's the reason the lines were still in it um, outside of Matthew Stafford as well. But I mean, just what he that running catch he had was so much like the one he had in New Orleans last year, where he just stops on a dime and then just busted outside and somehow beats the safety at 31 years old. Dude is like, Crazy fast, crazy sneaky. He'll turn a, a normal like seven yard out into a fifty yard touchdown. Just 
you're not like you're seeing it, and as you're seeing him, you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a nice like 15 yard game. You're like, what? He's in the end zone. He's he's clowning the guys five yards before crossing the end zone. Yeah, people were trying to people were trying to tut tut on him for doing that too. It's like, oh, don't showboat once you get in the end zone. It's like, no, listen, Golden Tate. We talked we've talked with Golden Tate before. His mind shuts off during a football game. You just let him do what he wants. By the way, Ryan, you, you, can't, you can't tell him otherwise. You did you really have him number 10, by the way, Ryan. I did? Yep, you did. Why would I do that? <laughs> mm, because of know, what we just saw. Because of what you just saw. You know what? Can we? All right, so Golden Tate, incredibly good this game, right? Like the brightest spot of the offense, um, which is usually usually kind of unforeseen with this offense, right? Because if this offense is really clicking, it's Matthew Stafford, right? Like it just seems like this team always begins and ends with him. So yeah, it it seemed like a lot of Lions fans, in true Lions fans fashion, after you know Detroit drops the game on a last second field goal, people want to talk about trading Golden Tate. Are you throwing shade at one of our editors right now? I mean, I might be. I just I I think it's dumb. <laughs> Are you going to get name names, or are you just going to talk about what he likes to have at Thanksgiving? Let's just say he's pissing on his fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's, here's the thing. like, Unless you're getting at least a second-round pick from somebody, why are you trading him? Because you're going to get a third-round pick compensation, right? Like, most likely. But, I mean, like, the reason I, br- I bring it up, too, is because I was saying on Twitter, too, I'm like, you know, I was sarcastic saying there's some people out there who don't want to pay Golden Tate more money to catch footballs. But that's alluding to a previous conversation we had on here where we were talking about this on whether or not, you know, Golden Tate, you mentioned his age there, Jeremy. He's now uh, he's 30, I believe he's I mean, he's get, he's going to get in that upper echelon. It's going to be he's this is a ninth year in the NFL. And like, yeah, usually you like the way the NFL is going guys above 30 are starting to not see contracts, which is a problem in itself with the labor structure right now, but that's a different question. But just on a value basis, like we were arguing against, you know, Golden Tate getting re-signed or signing him to an extension in Detroit. And I'm, I, I'm just against that now. I'm against that. I, I, I want him signed for just a few more years. I don't know what it's going to take, but like this was probably the, probably the sneakiest signing uh, back when, you know, Lions picked him up from Seattle. Yeah. It's it, paid, I mean, it's it, paid it, off so well. It, it has. Both him and Marvin Jones were, were excellent signings, uh, one by Martin Mayhew, one by Bob Quinn. But uh, I, he's, he's putting the Lions in a tough situation because they, they I mean, they, they don't have a ton invested in, in the wide receiver position right now, so I think they could afford to stick him on there. But Golden Tate's going to be asking for a lot, and, and rightfully so. And I think the number that I circled in the offseason was three years, $33 million or something like that. Um, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know if Tate wants more than that. I don't know if Tate would pull a, an Earl Thomas and if he gets injured, just flip off the line sideline if they offered him something like that. But, uh, I mean, he's he's certainly proving his worth time and time again. And He's just, I mean, he's just been so instrumental to this offense for the past three, four years. And uh, well, I, I think I think that's it, it. That he is a piece of stability because, as yeah. we've seen over the last three, four seasons, the Lions keep losing like a piece and piece there and a piece here, 
the piece over there from this receiver core. You know, first is Calvin Johnson. You know, they sign Anquan Bolden's that one-year deal, and he is like so valuable. He's I think he's the reason Lions win so much in 2016 because he's just such he's such a good fit with what the Lions were doing that year in the short passing game. And yeah, we've talked about the tight end position. It's an abomination now. Eric Ebron, by the way, caught another touchdown in Indianapolis. So it just like I, I, I'm just at this point as a fan, I don't want to see another piece of. I don't care how good Kenny Galladay might be. I don't want to see another piece of this receiving core fall off just in the name of. Well, we don't want to pay him. And I know that's again an overreaction here as we sit here after a big giant Golden Tate game. The one bright spot from from Sunday, but that's just where I'm at right now emotionally. Well, it's fine to feel that way. Um, I just I I th- look at the snap counts from this game. All right, and I mean Kenny Galladay had had the most snaps of any wide receiver on the field, which is pretty telling. Like this coaching staff has a lot of faith in him, and. I mean, of the top three receivers, Golden Tate had 42 snaps, so he had the fewest out of, you know, Galladay and Marvin Jones. And I mean, if if there is a guy who you can come closest to replicating his skill set, I think in the in the draft, it, it's finding a guy like in the slot like Tate. And I'm not I'm not trying to say it's going to be easy to replace exactly what he does because he is the Yak King. Like he is very good at what he does. I would love to see him stay around, but at the same time it's just going to be hard justifying it for the kind of cash that he's going to get and the compensation pick that you're going to be able to get in return for him. Uh, that's, but that's useless to me though, because like, what is what have the lions done with the cash they get by saving money on whoever they cut? They just signed they, they Marvin Jones besides Marvin Jones. Like since Marvin Jones, Devon Kennard, baby four sacks. Let's go. Rick Wagner, TJ Lang. I, I mean, I'm not helping oh. my case at this point, but like, it's uh, <laughs> probably not a good, um, but, but really, I mean, like if you, if you want to look at the, the picks that Bob Quinn has hit on, it's been the later round picks. I mean, a th- you know, third round picks and such like Kenny Galladay and Graham Glasgow and the, and those guys. I mean, I, tr- Chris, like if you could keep Golden Tate here on a reasonable contract because he's 30 and he, accept, he, I mean, he takes a deal that's something like three years, 30 million or, or something of the like. Go ahead, do it. I'm all I'm about just saying, it. I'm just saying, age ain't really a thing right now. Like Frank Gore right now is like dominating a Miami. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but it's 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 happening there. So like, he wants three more years. I'm fine with it. And like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dunce, and maybe that just might be it. Or maybe I just don't really care for the for the calculators and talking about what may or may not be in the draft. Because guess what? We whiff a lot in the draft, and I'm tired of seeing shit whiff. The, the one thing that kind of has me leaning in your direction, Chris, um, is also his availability. Let's not forget that Golden Tate has not missed a game since he's been with the Lions. And so he's he's stayed fairly healthy. He's had little nicks and, and bruises here and there, and he was even on the injury report this week. But this dude has been crazy available, and, and that's something that the Lions have been missing out of their playmakers. I mean, just look at Jared Davis or Ezekiel Ansa or – TJ Lang, some of their better players just aren't being available every week. Darius Slay's kind of going through some stuff too. He's, he's mostly been playing, but you know they say your your biggest ability is your availability, and Golden Tate has been just about consistently good in in every aspect of of both availability and production. 
All right. Do we have anyone else from this game we want to talk about as far as like positives? And I guess we can just throw Stafford out there right now. But I mean, yeah, I mean, else? I mentioned before the end, Stafford top five game in his career, arguably. So um, I'm going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball. And I think we've mentioned him a couple times before, but Deshaun Hand uh, is, is really starting to earn his snaps. I mean, he's obviously getting a big chunk of snaps now. Um, he almost won the game for the Lions on Sunday. He had a, a strip sack on the final drive of the game. If that ball bounces towards a Lions defensive lineman, the Lions win that game. And the Lions aren't getting any sort of other pressure from their interior, and sometimes hand is on the act, the outside, sometimes he's on the interior. But um, outside of that, I, I thought Sean had a pretty fine game, and he continues to be the most consistent defensive lineman on the team. And that's, I mean, I don't know if that says more about Deshaun Hand or more about the rest of the guys, but fourth-round rookies outplaying basically everyone on the line right now. Um, Another bright spot? You ready? Jared Davis wasn't terrible. Well, wasn't, wasn't to, terrible. To be fair, you did not watch the last drive of the game. And the game-deciding play was kind of his fault. He was put yep. in the position where he had to guard Ezekiel Elliott on essentially a wheel route. Outside of that, outside of that, not terrible. You're right. No, you're you are right though. And and even that play, his coverage wasn't horrible and it took a pretty perfect pass from Dak Prescott for him to lay it in there. But yeah, I thought I thought this was Jared Davis's best game. All right, with that, I think we're going to put a pin in that right there. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Once again, we're going to look around the NFL because a lot has been going on. And uh, just once again, we were talking about last week, everything kind of went right for uh, for the Lions to keep moving on up in the NFC North. This week, not so much. We're going to take a look at it when we come back. Pride to Detroit, P-O-D-Cast. All right, this has been another weird week, the NFL. Uh, weird to start with because Thursday night football was a really good game. Yeah. Which has kind of been a trend so far this year. Like most Thursday night games have been pretty good so far. It, it feels like a Fox effect. It immediately went to Fox and we saw Cleveland win and then we saw, we, we've seen the Rams Vikings and like, yeah, man. I love it. And shout out to Amazon who are who's live streaming the games and gives you alternate don't shout out Amazon. No, they, Amazon. they give out alternate announcing pairings so that they don't. We don't. Cool, and it's a dystopian up. corporation. No, do not oh, shout them God. out. But they also did right. their first full women announcing cast. I, did, I actually didn't listen to it because I mostly listen to football with no audio. Ooh, people are peeing in bottles and in, in warehouses, man. <laughs> anyway, off my shtick. No, if we're off my shtick, Miami. Uh, I think we saw that coming. So, like, what what do we make now of the Patriots? Since we were talking about what do we make now of the Lions after looking at their singular conquest over same, New England? Same thing as always, man. Like, just give them a minute to figure things out, and they're going to be fine. New England's going to win the, the AFC East by at least two games. Everyone needs to chill out in Boston, but I don't care if they do or don't because they're horrible people. Uh, but... Yeah, the Patriots are going to be fine. And we'll go look back on that win and be like, wow, that was a really good win. But Patriots weren't good at the beginning of the season. They usually aren't good at the regular season, which is why I actually hold out a little hope for the Lions still. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division. But 
I do think the Lions are eventually going to figure stuff out on defense and look a lot better than they are currently. Yeah, man, we just absorb the Patriot way through osmosis. That's how it works. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. NFC North, though. Uh, I want to oh. focus on that now that we got the Patriots. Talk about Trubisky. Don't make me talk about Trubisky. Let's let's save Trubisky <laughs> for the end. Let's just put it this way: the Bears are still on top of the NFC North, and now oh. they have like a game in it, like a half. Oh. A, actually, I don't even know how to say. I can't even say they've got a game in hand because Green Bay's got that bizarre tie. So, like, that's what it is. You've got three one Bears, two one and one, one two and one, and one three and zero is like how the NFC North tracks down. And yeah, the Vikings, they went up against a Rams squad and were about a few, they were only, they weren't, they were, they were a little short. They were kind of getting bullied around for most of the game, but they got back in it. Uh, Still lose, but I mean, you, you kind of expect to lose that game when you're going to the Coliseum to play the Rams who, I mean, talk about turning around a fan base to get them to come out there, but. That happens, so the Vikings lose that. Fine, whatever. But, it, I mean, just real quick, it, it's shocking to see the Vikings' defense just get torn apart like this, right? Like, for the past three years, this has been one Goff of the best defenses good. in the league, and they got torn apart by Jared Goff. And credit to Jared Goff, because he was outstanding in that game. I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to say, like, Todd Gurley was barely a part of this on the ground. This was all about Jared Goff and Cooper Cup and well, Brandon Cooks. Really, also had seventeen for eighty three, so it's not like he had a bad game. Average, almost no, five no, but carry. but he's not he's not the reason they win on offense, is what I'm right. saying. Right, I'm just saying, surprising to see the Vikings now give up thirty eight points, and you know they give twenty nine to the Packers, twenty seven to the Bills, and sixteen to the Niners. This is four hundred that we're accustomed to seeing. Four hundred sixty five yards <laughs> from Jared Goff to his receivers, and then Vikings backfield. Yeah, their their secondary is beat up right now. Trey Wayne's left that game, I think, with a concussion, and I know uh, Marvin Jones' son is, is battling through some some injuries as well. So um, this Vikings defense might not get better right away, and obviously Everson Griffin's going through some things that I don't want to make light of. Uh, they're they're just missing a lot of pieces right now, or the pieces aren't performing up to par. I mean, it, it's it's just weird to see. It. It's shocking to see. Before I move on to the rest of the NFC North, Ryan, are the Rams the favorite in the NFC? Hard to make a case for why they're not. I mean, with the way that their offense is playing, I, I, we talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast, though, um, you know, Aqib Tlaib getting put on IR, that's that might be problematic. It wasn't it wasn't a problem for him on Thursday, though. So they I, already I, I don't have, know. They already have the NFL's highest point differential at plus 73 through four games like this is this is more than just their offense too. their defense is insanely scary like everything about this team just looks like they're going to at least get to the champion the conference championship and and speaking of scary it's really scary when aaron donald has found a way to not get flagged for unnecessary roughness because instead of tackling the quarterbacks he just picks them up and throws them like sacks <laughs> of potatoes <laughs> That's how you he's do like, it. He's flag me for that. Flag me for throwing Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like a lawn dart. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Aaron Donald is everything. We must protect him at all costs. <laughs> Packers blank the Bills. Again, expected. You all kind of expect the Bills to come back down to earth. I don't expect them to get blanked, I guess. But, I mean, when you go to Lambeau, you're just going to have a bad time. 
Yeah, and it wasn't like Vontae Davis was going to be walking through that door either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'll admit I didn't watch any of this game. Um, I had no interest in it. Why I, would you though? Like, yeah, it's the yeah. Packers and Bills. Like, you Josh know how it's going to go. Good. I I wasn't fooled by last week into thinking that Josh Allen was good. He's not. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, the Packers should have won that game, and they did. Now that leads us to the one in the NFC North. We're going to talk about other teams in the NFC, Jeremy. But we've got to get through this. You can't ignore it now. <laughs> Chicago is three and one. Mitchell yeah. Trubisky just threw, which I'm going to use his full name this time. I'm not going to call him Mitch. Mitchell Trubisky threw for 354 yards yeah. and six touchdowns on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You want to play our game? How much of this is on the Bucs just sucking ass? 100%, please let it be. <laughs> uh, do we need to bring Rob Zaglinski in here? To, why, uh, why couldn't Fitz Magic just last one more week? Because good things don't, aren't allowed to happen. <laughs> Ryan, what's your take on, on this crap? It's fool's gold, man. Whatever, I still don't believe in Trubisky. I mean, throws for a bunch of touchdowns against, you know... I thought what was really uh, illuminating was Jason Pierre-Paul's comments after the game, and he's talking about how just the entire team didn't show up and that he had never been a part of something where like, it was just seemingly so apparent that everybody did not show up to play on Sunday, and he said it was like the worst game that he's ever like seen from a team that he's been a part of in his entire career. So um, the Bucks aren't good. Everybody kind of thought they might have been, but they're actually not. So I'm not going to put too much stock into Mitch Trubisky having some kind of career day against a Buccaneers defense that isn't good. Like, I mean, at least when we're talking about Goff and Patrick Mahomes, who's playing, we're recording this on Monday, waiting for the Monday oh, Night yeah, Football we gotta game. Hurry to off. We got to hurry yep. up. Yep, <laughs> yep. We're almost, we're almost home, man. Uh, We've at least seen more than one game out of them, I should say. This is like Mitchell Trubisky's first game. And again, he did it against a dysfunctional Buccaneers team. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Buccaneers have been playing great defense anyways. Like, I mean, go back to the go back to week one when they played the Saints. It was a flipping shootout. I mean, like, last, many, last, many? last week, the, last week, the Steelers hung a bunch of points on them, too. So, I mean, whatever. Like, how many how many games are you going to be able to survive with Tariq Cohen as your uh Receive as you're receiving top threat. Ooh, I don't know about that. I like Tariq Cohen. I do too. I really I think, wanted him to. I think Matt Nagy's gonna utilize him pretty well. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about it. Speaking really, about that, fine. Here, here's, here's, world here's how we do this. Here's how we do this. Speaking of another dysfunctional mess, but somehow getting a win on the board, the Oakland Raiders. Unfair, dude. They entirely did not deserve that. I wanted them to lose every game this year. Just, I couldn't, I was going to be so upset. Like the storylines had, they'd created themselves. You know, John Gruden hasn't won in X amount of days. And he finally pulls it off against a Browns team that just loves getting kicked in the balls. Like (laughs) goodness gracious this year, man, they've, have they, they got a win, any, but it's it's just been ball busting the rest of the way. Have they had any stroke of luck? Like, I mean, besides Nick Chubb, who, who, was, who was who was literally maybe the most efficient player yesterday <laughs> in NFL history. 
I mean, I'll, three carries, one hundred five yards, and two touchdowns. How is that possible? I if you don't want to complain about Carryon Johnson not getting enough carries. This dude averaged thirty-five yards per carry. I know, and this is one of the things too, where Jeremy can't be like, "Yeah, take away like take away two of those runs." It's like, those are all his runs <laughs> because those are all his runs. <laughs> so I mean, poor poor Brown. Like you know what? I I gave up my my Browns fandom, but I want, I want to jump back on board so bad, but it's too like, it's too in vogue to do that now. So I'm just going to continue being the Patty Mahomes fan that I was before all of you listeners were. Yeah, baby. Chris I and I, Chris and I, I want to say real quick, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, Chris and I in a Philadelphia hotel were bonding over Patty Mahomes when he was drafted. So, dude, he, he I had knew what I, was going to happen. Yeah, I had, one of my friends used to run the SB Nation Texas Tech Red Raiders blog, and he kept he would fill my ear for so many years about Patty Mahomes, Patty Mahomes playing at Texas Tech and everything else. And like, I just finally was like, all right, fine, we'll see what happens. You know, Brett Favre style gunslinger, cool. Let's just see oh, how well it goes. Oh. <laughs> Can I, Jeremy? I want to ask you a question and then you can get into what you want to talk about, but if the Lions continue playing bad, can we just become a Patrick Mahomes fan site? Nope. All right. Fair enough. Trade everything for Patrick Mahomes. Do it. Two things I want to say. Marshawn Lynch is still the truth and maybe the most fun player to watch in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Two, Darren Fells' touchdown celebration was the best thing I saw all week. I don't fusion even like dance. Dragon. I don't the even fusion. like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, the fusion dance. The mm-hmm. fusion dance was amazing with him and Njoku. God, especially, imagine those two combining too. Just whoa. I know, especially I think bonus points too, because they were both tight ends. <laughs> For sure. With both, both, super yeah. tight end. Exactly. Both tight ends with differing skill sets, and then they pulled off the fusion dance perfectly. Oh, I miss you. Miss you, Darren. Miss you. So your last winless team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. Oh boy. Yeah. They deserve it for not closing the deal against the Bears last week. So I wish nothing but the worst for Josh. Didn't close, the the, didn't close the deal here against the Seattle Seahawks either. So David Johnson only three point two yards per carry, not a top five running back. Um, makes, makes my yeah. USC heart. Okay. It, it makes my USC heart happy to see Rosen out there struggling. But go ahead, Ryan. You want to do something here? I can't do what I want to do because Jeremy's not within like arm's reach. So, <laughs> wow. Mailbag time. Yeah, you know what? I was looking for any more highlights from the weekend, but I think that's about it. Let's take a quick break and let's do just do the mailbag. Let's just do it, babe. Oh, uh, one more thing before we get out of here. Please don't do that to your microphone. We can hear that. Right. Thank you. Do the Eagles suck? Hell yeah, they do, baby. We'll be right back. time hashtag ask pod as always get your questions in 
Get them in early, get them in often. We will try to read as many as we can. Jeremy, we always start with reviews. Do we have any new reviews? My threat of singing Shakira worked fantastically. Shakira, Shakira. We got four new reviews. Oh, we got a backlog. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do two right now. First one comes from Tom Salad, five stars. Rage Mode Unlocked is his title. Um, Despite five stars, not really a nice review, but either way, um, not much charisma, not great at playing off each other's humor, long, awkward pauses, but if you give me that nerd rage at the end about building teams all the time, I will listen to every episode. I was crying at that kid screaming through his retainer-laden teeth while while spewing spit all over his computer screen. Is he talking about me? Am yeah, I- Jeremy doesn't have a retainer. He does spit, though. <laughs> I do spit. I'm I'm like a llama that way. Uh, second review comes from Stefan Drankula. Five stars says, I demand more Sh- Jeremy Shakira. Maybe just when the Lions win. You know what? I'm in. I'm not. Africa and Jeremy Shakira. That is the new Pride of Detroit tra- tra- tradition on... Victory Monday. Ryan, you're the tiebreaker here. What say you? Just know. just do whatever you want to do. Okay. Patty Mahomes is almost on. Yeah, I know. We're we're gonna get through the mailbag so you can get to Patty Mahomes. You've still got another half hour or so. All right. Let me open up the mailbag and we will start with uh a couple of food questions. Just to take the bile of this game off our lips. We'll start with Joseph R. Sweeney. Pump, fall is here, so pumpkin spice or apple cider? I like them both, but man, do I love apple cider more than most things in the world. Yeah, apple cider is my answer. Oh, God. I, I'll eat it. I'll drink it cold. I'll drink it hot. I'll drink it with some alcohol in there. I'll drink it. I'll make popsicles out of it and lick those up. Apple <laughs> cider is so friggin' okay. good. It's, it's adult apple juice. And I love it. Apple cider, very good. Uh, there's a local orchard in Holly, Michigan. Uh, Deals Orchard. I'm sure they probably do it in other places, but when it's nice and warm, still on those uh, those fall fall afternoons on the weekend, they do the uh, they do a nice little cider slushy. But dude, get the caramel added in it too. You get oh, some car- yeah. caramel caramel drizzle and a cider slushy, and it's it's heaven heaven on wheels, man. It's almost year time of the year again for like caramel apples, apple toffee as well. Shout out to McQueen's Orchard in Toledo since we're doing orchards. Next food question from Why Not the Lions. Do you prefer pancakes or waffles? Also, do you always put syrup on top or have you ever put peanut butter? Uh, never had peanut butter and I prefer pancakes. I think I prefer pancakes too, just because it feels like I'm eating food and not mostly air <laughs> mostly the absence of food in the pockets but i would totally do peanut butter you know i don't like butter on my pancakes like if i'm already doing syrup don't i don't need that slab of butter that's a peanut butter. I, I don't know for some reason i i feel every time i have pancakes when i do them with butter i enjoy them better just because obviously butter but i don't know peanut butter I'm more of a, like a peanut butter on waffles kind of guy. I've never done this before. This sounds disgusting, but I might try it. I don't know. 
We've got two different people asking us this question. One from M8032 and someone Pablo Correa Jr. And I think they maybe it's like the same account. I don't know. Uh, should the Lions start looking for a new offensive coordinator? I'm not happy with the job Jim Bob Cooter is doing. But I feel like there's a lot of other stuff happening right now. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he's a scapegoat at the end of the year because he's not a Matt Patricia guy. He's not a Bob Quinn guy. But no, like, don't do it now. Don't blow up everything now. I don't want that. On a on on a related note to that, Logan Anderson also asking, do you think the lack of a good tight end is causing the red zone woes, or does the play calling just suck? That's a tough question because initially my my first instinct is to say yes, but it's not like Eric Gibran was a red zone phenom when he was here. He wasn't. He only had what, like five, six touchdowns in his career? Yeah, he was much more he was much more effective kind of like in the midfield or so. Right. I mean, you mentioned uh Anquan Bolden earlier in the podcast. He was really the red zone the last red zone th- threat the Lions have really had. And I think a lot of people expected Michael Roberts to to grow into that role and maybe he will, but obviously the knee injury has kept him out the past two weeks. Ryan, any thoughts? What? Okay, we're at that point in the podcast where Ryan has completely checked out. That is always a good sign. Patty got... Mahomes is on my television, Chris. What am I supposed to do? It is 8 o'clock Eastern. You still have half an hour before they kick off. I don't do know what really to do with my hands. There. You, you are not going to tell me you're, you're going to want to sit there and listen to Trent Dilfer, whoever is on that Monday Night Football set talk. Do the, the NFL equivalent of taking a cold shower and watch Mitchell Trubisky highlights. Oh, gross. Okay. You've totally just killed the vibe because I was at a point where I was, I was breathing heavily. My heart rate was elevated. We could hear it. You're breathing into your fucking microphone. (laughs) He's warming up though. Okay. Aaron Thompson, would you rather be responsible for taking care of 100 stray cats or be forced to rewatch the Monday night game against the Jets again? I'm allergic to cats. And I would still do it. I like cats. I'd probably do the cats. Stray cats though, like are are they feral or are they just stray? I think that's a I think it's a distinction I need to know. How long do we have to watch them until like they die? Probably What's... probably for like the the same amount of time as the Jets game. Oh, I can I can do three hours of cats. That's fine. All right, uh, underdog. Do you think the Lions should have been the ones to trade for Khalil Mack? No. I yes, mean, because it would have kept him out of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions didn't have the cap room for it, and maybe they could have worked cap magic like the Rams seem to do. But I just didn't want him in Chicago, and. Part of me is like, yeah, why, why not? But it's just, I don't know. It's too much. Trevor Parcella, does this loss kill any hopes for the playoffs this season? Yeah. I'll just let Ryan do it. Do the voice. Give it to me. What's the voice? Give me Jim Mora. Playoffs? Thank you. That's all I ask for. That's all I ever ask for. 
Clytus asking us, I am working my way through 2000s syndicated sci-fi shows. Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict or Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda? I don't know what language you're speaking right now. I was watching some of Andromeda. Andromeda is touch and go. It's a very weird and a very stupid show. But it's stupid in kind of that like really good like sci-fi network kind of stupid. So I guess my 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 answer to that is Andromeda. All I'll say is that Gene Roddenberry is like very overrated. Speaking of weird and stupid and overrated, Jason Witten's on my television right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he he characterized the game as like like what was it left wing? He was talking about referees or something. Brain trauma to own the libs. <laughs> oh my god okay oh, Patty Mahomes highlights Ryan Collins at Shafty Bond Hack what are the top three most disrespectful things that are still more respectful than Golden Tate scoring touchdowns hashtag pay the man oh my god <laughs> Before we get into the answers, what what is your take on him just absolutely pushing the taunting penalty to the absolute limit and somehow not getting a flag on both his touchdowns? Once on again, well, I, I think I mentioned this before. Once again, people say like, "Hey, you've got to be more disciplined than that." I, I've talked with Golden Tate. He's told me straight to straight to me like his brain shuts off when he's playing football. Like it, it, his brain goes to a different place when he when he did that thing when he was back in college. Where like he caught he caught a pass and then dove into the Michigan State band. Right. That was him basically on autopilot. He's not like he's showing off. It's just that he's that's just how he is. Right. So if you're asking him to be more disciplined, you're gonna lose. Well, just and it, it, the odd thing is like he'll he'll agree with the people say after the game he'll say oh yeah I need to be more disciplined. Like I think he even said like I got to learn not to be a douchebag. Like <laughs> those that's his exact words because he knows like if he's if he misjudges the timing by a, a quarter of a second more in one of those plays, it gets stripped and the Lions turn the ball over in the end zone. And he knows that after the game, but I think you're right. Like he's just in this crazy. It's just who zone. he is. It's who he is. Like he can work on it all at once, but that's just who he is. He's in a zone and you can't get him out of that. And you don't want him out of that because he'll stop being Golden Tate. Any answers? I, I don't know what else is disrespectful. Like, uh, I think Von Miller about is about to shut down Patrick Mahomes for four quarters, and that's pretty disrespectful. Wow, I'm not my managing editor. What but Jeremy just on. did. What Jeremy just just did is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. But we talked about this before. There's nothing more disrespectful than a keep to leave taking Michael Crabtree's chain. <laughs> that was pretty good. What about what about Earl, what about Earl Thomas flipping the bird to the Seahawks for not giving him a long term contract? Assuming that's what yeah, actually no, happened. that's fine. That's absolutely that was- fine. This is this has been the year of people being pissed off. They're not getting paid. Like I, I keep telling people, this this league is heading for some really nasty labor lockouts. Yep, yep. Lockout because of these these owners, they're not going to go on strike. The owners will lock them out. That is, a lockout is owner initiated, but. You can't sit here and tell me that the that the players have no right to protest. Like, just look at what's happening with some of these Steelers players too. Like, holy crap! Like, some of these guys are getting starved out of contracts for that. And like, I get it. It's 
like boohoo hard to be you know with millionaires and all but like god the owners are billionaires so i don't know get what you can get money lockout and we're not talking about your favorite halo 2 map all right Mm. nerdiest thing you've ever said it's a throwback that's a deep cut i'm surprised you were old enough to remember halo 2 oh stop it i was three there was a re-release probably last year or something (laughs) stop it (laughs) stop it uh okay um let me see if i have any more questions here we've got a few questions about the draft already i think jeremy still wants a moratorium on draft questions you can ask him but i ain't answer him all right fine andrew gockle what's the best fit for us in the draft for sean gary or bosa i don't know Um, We, we don't have a pick yet relax i i mean at this point at this point i'm at this point, you got to go Rashawn Gary, right? Because it just seems like the Bosa boys can't stay healthy. Bosa D's nuts. Both of the Bosa boys. Both of no. Bosa. You guys are terrible. Also, the correct <laughs> answer. The, the correct answer is play dead for Ed. Yeah, I like it. Um, I can't find the question anymore, and um. So, like, any any question, any thoughts on the jerseys? Because, like, my friend John was texting with me during the game, and he's like, I can't believe they're allowing, you know, Detroit to play in these gray jerseys against the Cowboys. It's kind of hard to differentiate them. So, what, what, like, I don't know. This is now year, what, two, three of these new jerseys? Yeah, this is the third year. I hate them. I've always hated the all gray. I know that makes me an old person, isn't in touch with the young people but i hate the all grays it wasn't confusing on the tv you know at all. It, it wasn't anything like that but i just yeah, think, I, I hate the, the words they're wearing pajamas out there i don't like gray it. gray is just a bad color like the, the 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 pistons wear those like a gray jersey on sunday on on several sundays too and i hate those too like just like don't use gray in your jerseys ryan come on here man I don't. I don't have a feeling about it. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I, some people are like, oh, I mean, why are they? You know, why did the Lions make a pit stop and pick up Eastern Michigan's uniforms? Um, <laughs> like, whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm. I I just want my football team to be good. It's true. That would be nice. On critical perspective, on a fun note, do you know the Lions haven't lost to the Raiders since 1996? <laughs> Sweet. I'm so glad that that's a thing. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff, he's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I Am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.